Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today is July 3rd, 2021. Here. All right, so... For the record, we're uh, traveling according to the peaceful journal laws of the United States. We uh, pulled over for to gas our car up, and then the cop uh, pulled us uh, pulled up behind us. No probable cause. Last year, Jamal Talib Abdullah Bay and ten other people were driving to a camping trip from their home in Rhode Island to a piece of land Jamal owns in Maine. So they're driving in the middle of the night in two separate cars. And around 2 a.m., they pull over on the side of the highway, I-95, in Massachusetts to refuel. Because this is not just a camping trip for Jamal and his buddies. It's also sort of a militia training. They're dressed in fatigues and carrying long guns strapped across their chests. And so instead of stopping at gas stations, where they'll attract attention, the group is carrying their own gas canisters to refuel. And while they're pulled over on that Massachusetts highway, a cop car pulls up behind them. According to the United States laws, we have the right to peaceful journey through the states without making any unnecessary stops. Several of the men start recording on their phones. Jamal gets out of the car and addresses the officers. And we are not citizens of the United States. We're a foreign national. We have our flag on our vehicle, so that way you can see that we are foreign nationals. The cops spot a flag and they ask what it is. Morocco! Morocco! This is Morocco! I'm Jamal and the other people he's with shout back that it's the Moroccan flag. All right, wait, let, let them ask the questions, we'll just give them a direct answer. They consider themselves to be Moors, citizens of the Moroccan Empire, which Jamal and his comrades and a scattered movement of people across the U.S. believe once extended all the way from North Africa to the North American continent. This would make them indigenous to an America that far predates the United States. And through this reasoning, they say that laws like the ones in the state of Massachusetts don't apply to them. We do not intend to be hostile with you. Please do not be hostile with us. If you permit, I will tell my men to get back in their vehicles and we will leave peacefully. What was supposed to be a quick stop to refuel turned into this hours-long stalemate. Jamal and his fellow travelers standing in the middle of the highway in the dark, wearing their guns, and these police officers staged behind their patrol cars a few hundred feet away. And then Jamal, calmly shouting out legal statutes that he believes protects him and his men as they carry their guns from state to state. We showed you the federal laws from the United States Supreme Court that specifies 
carrying or bearing arms is not a crime. See Younger versus the state of Hawaii. You have body camera footage that you're going to have to play in court. And we have body camera footage that we're also going to have to play in, uh, play in court. So we can end this on a civil matter. We will accept any tickets and appear in court. But when these police officers then ask the drivers for licenses, none of them are able to produce them. And when the cops start asking for gun permits and licenses, no one in the group has those either. So Jamal and the 10 people he was with get arrested. Your camera. What are the charges? What am, what am I being arrested for? The state indicted Jamal on 11 charges, mostly related to weapons and their storage. The men claim they didn't need permits because neither Rhode Island, where they started their journey, nor Maine, where they were headed, require them. They didn't bring driver's licenses because they don't follow state laws. They do not believe themselves to be citizens of the United States. So no one was hurt that night on the highway. But by testing the boundaries of the law, refusing to abide by requirements for permits and licenses, Jamal and the others are definitely skirting the line between legitimate grievance and anti-government extremism, even if the Moors themselves don't see it that way. The whole interaction started making the rounds on local news. The headlines painted it as a standoff between this group and the police. Disruptive and combative. They're all members of the Rise of the Moors, an anti-government sovereign citizen movement. This is a group that does not believe it needs to follow the law. But it turns out that this rather odd altercation was just the tip of an iceberg that goes way back in U.S. history. So the Moorish movement is both a divine and national movement. You know, it's both religious and governmental. This is Jamal's wife, Julissa Amura Adonai L. Together, they co-founded The Rise of the Moors, a group that promotes the idea that the Moroccan Empire of Northern Africa actually extends all the way to the Americas. They also believe that most, if not all, Black people in the U.S. are Moors, descendants of that empire. You know, in today's climate, when, you know, so-called Black men are being shot on camera, it's very important for our people to know their rights. Jalisa spoke on behalf of Jamal since he was arrested after the police standoff. Jalisa wasn't on the highway that night, but she was also arrested afterwards for her association with the group. She was one of the many people that Vice News correspondent Alzo Slade interviewed to understand what this movement looks like today. According to Jalisa, their recent growth can be tied to a palpable need from Black people seeking belonging in a country that has struggled and failed to solve systemic racism. Alzo's reporting found that Moors as a whole are divided on what they need to do in order to bring the future more in line with that supposed past. We, Moors, don't have anything to do with the United States government because we don't belong. We belong to the Moroccan Empire. I'm Ariel Zimros. And I'm Alzo Slade, a correspondent for Vice News. And this is Vice News Reports. So 
So for me, and I think for a lot of people, the confrontation between a group of Moors and the police on a Massachusetts highway in July of 2021 was the first that I had heard of a movement of Moors in the U.S. Morocco! This is Morocco! I'm Morocco! When did you first hear about this movement? You know, what got you interested in it? I learned, I read about the Moors when I was in college. Are people not from Africa? If you do a lineage search or trace your history, of people are from right here. There's a book called The Moors of Spain with this strong looking black dude on the front and is one of the books I read and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Moorish American descent, Indian American descent, you know, whatever you want to call it, Aboriginal, but just know that this is our land. What do Moorish Americans believe? So basically, Moors in America claim that they are citizens of Morocco. And what they believe is before the United States existed, the land that we're on right now was part of the territory of Morocco. All of us didn't come over here on slave ships and things of that nature. That shit is made up. Which makes them, as Moroccan citizens, to them indigenous to this land. Realign yourself with your ancestry. Realign yourself with the great God Allah. Realign yourself with your birthright and your culture. Look up and be more enlightened to what's out there. So if Moors believe that they are descendants from Morocco, and that they were here before the U.S. ever existed, that would mean that they've been here for a really long time, which would necessarily rewrite a lot of the history that we've been taught. So let me let me just rewind for a minute history. So this is the early 1900s during Reconstruction, after the Emancipation Proclamation. There were a number of former enslaved Africans that were set, quote-unquote, free. And When you have a people that have been oppressed and enslaved, you know, you're seeking a sense of uh, self-worth, self-identity, belonging, all of that. Look at what he said. The Moors were enslaved by reducing their mentality to that of Negroes. And so this gentleman by the name of Prophet Noble Drew Ali founded the Moor Science Temple in 1913. Moors is the name given to the Muslims from North Africa that invaded the Iberian Peninsula and brought Islam to Spain and Portugal and southern France. He taught this history of black people inhabiting this land before the United States was a country, that they came from Morocco long before the Atlantic slave trade began. Moors, you sleep too much. Can you see that you are a people? It provided this sense of belonging, this sense of self-worth, because we all know in order to build a nation, a nation has to have a history. And so the Moorish Nationals became a movement. Prophet Noble Drew Ali at one point had thousands of followers. Not an organization. We are a people. We are a nation. And so what you're starting to see in the early 1900s is just black people gaining a sense of themselves of who they are beyond slavery, beyond oppression, through the history that's told by these leaders. This is the same movement, the same prophet that ultimately inspired the creation of the Nation of Islam, along with other movements to empower black people. Is there any evidence to support this version of history, you know, that that the empire of Morocco extended to North America? Well, history is is ambiguous. And so 
There are historians, there are archaeologists that are used to substantiate the claims that these Moorish groups have. Now, whether you want to believe them or not is a completely different story. I've read some of the books, I've read some of the articles, I've read the treaties that they cite in terms of how they identify as Moorish nationals as opposed to a citizen of the United States. And it's not convincing within the, the construct of what we consider to be proof and evidence, but that doesn't really matter for them. Okay, but this movement of Moors, it seems like at the start in the early 1900s, it's centered on the teachings of Prophet Noble Drew Ali. So where does it go from there? Very early on, the movement splintered with the passing of their prophet, Noble Drew Ali. When he passed, there are a number of people who came forward saying that they should be the next leader. So now you got two and three different Moorish temples. And then you fast forward to today, and there are many different sects of the group. It's really a spectrum. Like, there's one arm of the group who very closely follow the teachings of Prophet Drew Ali. Welcome to today's Sunday School. I'm going to ask some questions first. Is a man white? Is a man black? Man is not a color, period. Nationality was, is, and will always be what? The order of the day. The Moore Science Temple of America, they're like the OG Moors. And they claim to be, in terms of leadership, in direct lineage from Prophet Noble Drew Ali. And we spoke with that leader, you know, the Grand Sheik. We do have fundamental principles, and one of them is obedience to law. We're not encouraging members or anyone else to be involved in anything unlawful and disgraceful. They pride themselves on following the laws of the land. When the public sees Moors, it seems like they just lump you all into one group. That's true. But there are groups of Moors that don't comport themselves in the way that you all do. How do you reconcile that? They're robbers and schemers. Moorish Americans don't do those kind of things, and it's written in our laws. We don't take people's property, and we're not anti-American. This is not an Afrocentric organization. And for those who try to make it that way, uh, they, they will pay the price. What are the principles that the Moorish Science Temple of America stand for? So there's love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. So these are the old school Moors. They're focused on faith, Islam, the teachings of the prophet, and then there's younger groups like the Rise of the Moors. These are the folks that were stopped on the highway. Our Constitution, a violation this is a violation of our constitutional rights. And a violation of the treaty. And a violation of our treaty rights. Now, they still follow the teachings of Prophet Noble Drew Ali, but they're young and they're a bit more progressive and they're a bit more action-oriented. And then you have other groups that are, I would say, fringe and what I consider to be most distant from the original teachings in that they, you know, do things like squat in people's homes and fraudulent business activities and stuff like that. Right. And this was the other time that I've heard about Moors. Yeah. And I actually spoke to someone involved in a major incident involving a self-identified Moors national in 2021. That's after the break. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, so, Alzo, you were telling me that there are more fringe elements of the Moorish movement, people who call themselves Moors but are doing things that are pretty far from Prophet Noble Druali's teachings. And there's a specific example of what these groups do that happened in 2021. Yes. So last year, a woman named Shanetta Little purchased a house in New Jersey. She purchased it, you know, with the title, the deed, all of that. And um, she she goes to her house and the doors are locked. She was about to begin renovations and whatnot. So it's 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 not lived in yet, um, but she owns it and she goes to put her key into the door and it doesn't work. Meaning she can't get into her own home. Yeah, she can't get into her own home. She calls a locksmith and... In that process, while she called a locksmith, she's standing outside of her house. This this guy walks past her, opens the door, goes into the house, closes it, closes it, and locks it back. And she's like, "What the? What the? Who is that? What the?" Right. And we know that Shanetta Little, she actually filmed a TikTok while this guy was in her home. So they sawed off the locks, put their own locks on. He is now occupying the home. And so she calls the police. Police come and they try to straighten it out. And, you know, the dude inside says he has paperwork to show that is is his property. They call themselves Moors. They basically say that they have ancestral rights due to a lot of treaties and tribunal law that they have rights to the land here. Were the documents legitimate? No, but Janetta told me they look legit. There were, like, seals and fingerprints and signatures basically saying that my home was on someone else's ancestral lands. And it was really scary. Like, you know, I applied for a gun license. I got pepper spray, you know, knives. It was really, really traumatizing. How did they get him out of the house? Oh, they busted the door down and they basically dragged him out. You guys, I'm not even kidding. This is the literal SWAT team that was called. Next thing you know, the SWAT team has to go in and drag him out. This is actual claim on not the house itself. It's actually just the land. It just yeah. so happened that the house is on top of it. So after the SWAT team drags him out, this guy goes online and releases a video. 
He's a Moors national, but he's not part of the group we've talked about, the Rise of the Moors or the Moors Science Symbol of America. He belongs to a different organization of Moors that are based in New Jersey. If she did not come off so belligerent and so angry and so aggressive, she yeah. would have sat her down. Okay, so this guy had this paperwork that seemed legit. I could see why everyone was confused, even though upon closer inspection, it was you know blatantly fraudulent. Some people call what he did paper terrorism. What exactly does that mean? Paper terrorism is a tactic that's used by groups like this to basically annoy the shit out of people <laughs> to the extent that they just want to, you know, give up. So they will, you know, they will go put liens on your property. They just kind of just poke at you and poke at you and poke at you in a way that some people will get anxious and 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 give in, if you will. So like the woman whose home was being squatted in, she very well could have said, I don't want to deal with this. Paper terrorism, you guys heard of this? We actually sat and spoke to a law enforcement officer who gives trainings to government officials and other law enforcement officers on how to deal with sovereign citizens. And he has dealt with Moorish nationals quite a bit. You can use physical legal documentation, whether it's putting a lien against somebody else's property, filing a lawsuit against somebody else. His objective is to train law enforcement and government officials on how to deal with people who use certain tactics to absolve themselves of the law. And Moors fall within that group to a certain extent. The idea that some folks you guys deal with could impact your livelihood, that's an intimidating thing. It's confusing, you know, these groups, they share a common background and use some of the same tactics, like referring to obscure legal codes to back up their claims. But there's a wide spectrum when it comes to how Moors live their beliefs. You hear about the police standoff with Jamal in the news, and you also hear about the dude squatting in Shanetta's house in the news. But those are two different groups of Moors. Like, they don't have the same objective. Because for some Moors, this is a belief system, and for other, it seems like it's a political movement, and for some it's both. Clearly, to, to law enforcement, the people who are getting arrested, the people who are infringing on the law, it, it must come across as some form of extremism. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very much, it's, it's easy to put them in a category of extremists. And to be fair, some are resorting to extreme tactics, like taking over people's houses, and some, like the Rise of the Moors, are training with weapons, even though they've never hurt or attacked anyone that we know of. So there are extremes here. But the root of this movement and the goal of all of these offshoots even today is still empowerment as a form of resistance to an oppressive system. You just have all these different groups trying to get there in their own way. Right. There's definitely a problematic dynamic going on with this Moorish movement and their disregard for the law, which is further complicated by the fact that in some cases, like the case of Shanetta Little, who had this Moorish national squatting in her house, he's claiming that taking her house is some form of liberation for, for Black people, right? Justice for Black people. And she's a Black woman having her life turned upside down by these tactics. Yes, 100%. So coming back to that group, Rise of the Moors, you know, the guys who were stopped on the Massachusetts highway, how do they fit into your understanding of the Moorish American movement today? 
Yeah, so we talked to Jamal's wife, Jaleesa, about this. Jaleesa and Jamal represent the rise of the Moors. They're more active, right? They recognize that just going to Temple, you know, once a week and talking about Prophet Noble Drew Ali is not enough to move black people forward um, in this country, in this world. And, and I think a lot of people think that we're interested in, like, overthrowing the United States or something. I don't know. But again, we want nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, we want our own. As soon as you walk in the door, I mean, as soon as you walk in the door, there's, like, an office-slash-library with books everywhere. Books about the law, books about the history of the Moors, some books that Jamal authored himself. When I first met Jamal, and I read his first book, Jamal's written about five or six books at this point. And I, I, I opened his book and I, and I read, you know, some pages. And I said, this sounds a lot like, you know, Fred Hampton and Huey Newton. And I was like, you know, they got killed for this, right? And uh, he was like, yeah, I know. And uh, I never left his side since that day. <laughs> You know, and you kind Why of... did she and Jamal create the Rise of the Moors? They don't have a Moorish science temple where they live. And so they founded the Rise of the Moors for those folks who were of like minds and wanted to, to gather and build in the absence of a formal Moorish science temple. They do teachings. They do a lot of community work. They focus attention on poverty, the same things that any other religious organization would do aside from, you know, the camping and the militia trainings. Why do you feel people are drawn to living life as a Moor? So living life as a Moor is literally just being yourself because you're born a Moor. It's not like a club you can join. Mm. It's not a paper that you sign and now you're a Moor. You're literally born a Moor, whether you know it or not. Many of them believe that if you are black, you have some Moorish nationality in you. Do members of Rise of the Moors consider themselves U.S. citizens? No. Why not? Because there is a Moroccan treaty. Um, there was a Moorish empire here before the United States even was established. Um, and a lot of us were taken moved around, transported, lost our language, lost our sense of self. When you think this is not your land and you're from somewhere else and you were a slave and that doesn't really give you any confidence in who you are and who your people are. Every, we don't know anything about who we are because of colonization, because it was erased. You know, so-called black people, so-called Indians, so-called Hispanics, like we weren't just slaves. Like we came from, we're Moors. Like we invented everything. We brought Europe out of the dark ages. One of the things that stood out to me in your interview with, with Jalissa was the fact that she referred to black people as so-called black people. Yes. Um, Moors do not believe that they are black. Stop using these government-created terms like black or African-American. They were created to separate you from your nationality and your actual land, which is America. They use the term so-called black because black is a color. It is not a people. Black is a slave name to them. It is not a people. Nationality denotes your political status. Um, and, you know, it's your bloodline. They recognize Native Americans 
and it's a kinship. Like for them, like Moroccans and Native Americans, they are almost one and the same. Not by virtue of like Moroccan nationals are Native American, but they're cousins, like they're family. You all have been called sovereign. You all have been called anti-government. Do any of those terms ring true for, for you all? No, I think people like good TV. I think people like a good villain. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, it's really a lack of understanding of what we're doing. Moors don't like to be called sovereign citizens. And one of the main reasons is because their claim to how they live and how they want to live is rooted in historical fact, according to them. Now, when you look at white sovereign citizens, you know, they just see them as a bunch of white folks that feel like they shouldn't have to follow nobody's laws. And they just say on the news, oh, they believe they're above the law, even though we're citing United States law. We would never cite law if we thought we were above the law. This is what the law is. And we expect it to be upheld. What is it exactly that you all want? Freedom to not be oppressed, to not have life so hard to live, to just come together and establish our actual own government and our own everything. We want to have our own separate nation, our own separate government, hospitals, towns, schools, daycares, our own police. You know, we're getting our rights violated left and right on the streets constantly. Black History Month, what do they show on TV or in school? It's always so-called black people getting the hose, getting mauled by dogs. It's nothing uplifting at all. It's never, look at what you were, look at what you can be. It's always like, this is what you are and this is what you're always going to continue to be. It's a form of propaganda and brainwashing. And the rise of the Moors, would they have a much more progressive approach to how so-called black people or how Moors should be empowered in America. So they're looking at, you know, things like systemic racism. They're looking at poverty. They're looking at education. You know, they're looking at health. And they're like, listen, we respect the Moors science symbol of America for what, you know, what y'all stand for and all that, but y'all ain't moving fast enough. Y'all ain't doing enough. So the rise of the Moors is like, look, man, we get all of that, but we got to put that to work. What does that, that, what does that look like practically? So my understanding of the Moors up to this point is that it's this movement that's now become really splintered. But at its source, I guess a goal is to, you know, address these larger systemic issues that Black people face in America, issues that we see continuously bubbling up over the last few years. So what should we take away from these groups based on your reporting? It's easy to come to the same conclusions, you know, that are rooted in, you know, these headlines that lead people to believe that these folks are extremists and they just want they just want to live, you know, in a way that nobody messes with them and they don't have to follow any laws at all. And they just do what they feel like doing when they want to do it. And so in this reporting, we recognize and did the work to understand the nuances. It's easier to understand the nuances when you draw parallels with other organizations, other religions, because you got, you know, you got folks that go to church that believe in Jesus Christ and they, you know, and they pay their offerings and then, you know, they give to the homeless and all of that. And that's just what they do. But then you got Christians who, who 
are extremists and, you know, and want to bring harm to people. When it comes to these different groups, these different organizations and religions, mm-hmm. there's a spectrum and it's no different for, for the Moors. And I'm assuming that this sort of decentralized approach, this fractured movement, that must make it hard to know how many people identify as Moorish nationals in the U.S. 100% it makes it difficult to identify how many people identify as Moorish nationals. Now, many of the people who are Moors, they will say, if you're black, you're a Moor. You just haven't come into the knowledge that you are that and you don't conduct yourself as that. Um, so they, many of them said that, Alzo, you're a Moor. You just need to come into the light. I do get the sense that the Moors have been in the news more often recently. Why are we hearing about these groups now? With what happened in 2020 around George Floyd, I think what you find is a lot of black folks in this country were fed up. Right. And so here are the Moors who are saying to you, listen, we've been telling you all all this time, like this, this country is not yours. Let me tell you about your history in a way that will uplift and empower you. Black people are looking beyond the United States. They're looking for solutions to these systemic problems that the U.S. seems uninterested in solving. The Moors all have a similar directive, to rewrite a narrative and empower people who've been oppressed by this country. The question is, how effective can they actually be so long as the movement is in conflict with the U.S. law? So what happened to Jamal, the leader of the Rise of the Moors, who was arrested in the standoff with the police? He and 10 other men were arrested after the confrontation with the police and Jamal is still incarcerated. There's a chance that he can be locked up for decades. Hmm. Okay. Um, Wow. So you went to a pretrial hearing, right? Yeah. And Jamal, he had an attorney assisting him, but for the most part, he was representing himself and he was very knowledgeable about the law. He was knowledgeable about his case, about the situation, and he engaged the judge in a way that was pretty impressive to me. I was also able to talk to him through a phone interview a couple of weeks after the hearing. This is a collect call from an incarcerated individual at the Middlesex County Bill Ricca House of Corrections. Hello. Hey, Jamal, how you doing? I'm all right, how are you? I'm good. I mean, he wants to get out of jail. He, he, wants, he wants to be with his family. He has uh, um, a baby. You know, he wants to be with. What's next is to continue to try to do my best to educate my people as to what's going on and possible remedies for a lot of these problems. We're essentially victims of genocide. And it's throughout the legal system of the United States, which makes it a crime against humanity. Jamal and Jaleesa, they want to enlighten and empower so-called black people. And for them, being in jail is just the government recognizing that they were gaining momentum with their work and that momentum needs to stop. It affects every aspect of our lives. It affects our education. It affects our ability to do business. It affects our quality of life. I can't think of anything more important than trying to change that.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode was produced by Jen Kinney and Sam Greenspan. Special thanks to Alzo Slade and Amanda Pizetzner. Vice News Reports is produced by Sophie Kazis, Jen Kinney, and Adriana Tapia. Our senior producers are Jesse Alejandro Cuttrell, Julia Nutter, and Sam Greenspan. Our supervising producer is Ashley Cleek. Our associate producers are Steph Brown, Sam Egan, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Evan Sutton, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Mixing by Evan Sutton. Our executive producers are Adiza Egan and Stephanie Kariuki. For Vice Audio, Annie Aviles is our executive editor, and Janet Lee is our senior production manager. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. I'm Ariel Zimras. I know podcast hosts say this all the time, but please take the time to rate and review this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, because it really does help other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week. 